Wow, guys. Cynthia and I just had a great conversation dealing with both of our industries, Mayan coaching and Cynthia with therapy as well. And it was just an amazing conversation that me personally, I haven't seen online just yet. Simply coaches talk to coaches, therapists talk to therapists. This is the first time that I've seen both worlds kind of come together and talk to each other about each other's industries and and be completely honest too. Like we were completely honest. We were not trying to make yes, our, we our industries look better than the other, right? We were completely honest. Like, mm -hmm. like, hey, this is what we can do great, but this is where we kind of fall and, and fall down into place and mm -hmm. kind of like help see where we can help each other in those things. But what were your thoughts on our conversation? Uh, first of all, thank you very much for, for the invitation and for opening up this discussion. As you said, yeah. I've never heard it, to be honest, in this way before. I find that we've presented both the perspectives of like therapy and coaching for our listener to just get a bit of a sneak peek of the discussion. I'm a therapist who came from like coaches are scammers and <laughs> yeah. this is not working and they're just charging a lot of money for nothing to someone who actually at this point after practicing therapy for a lot of years and being a client actually respecting coaching a lot appreciating mm -hmm. a lot and starting to learn coaching tools and integrating them into my work. So I think it's an amazing discussion for people to get a little bit more awareness, get a little bit more education and knowledge about what therapy actually does and what are the limitations of therapy, because I find it seen a bit of like the end of be all of mental health and coaching is seen more of like performance and leadership and business and money. And I think this discussion was just amazing to bring them both together and to really find like the middle ground. Yep, definitely. Of those I, two professions. A hundred percent. I definitely enjoyed our conversation. It was very refreshing. We can go on for hours, but I know I want to exactly. respect your time. <laughs> my time. But yeah, I hope that you guys get a lot of value from this conversation and that you get the answers that you're looking for, really, whether it's therapy, coaching or something along both lines. I hope and pray that you have those, find those answers here and that this conversation is refreshing to you. Definitely different from the ones that I've heard. But yeah, thank you, Cinciana, again. Exactly. And you guys thank enjoy you the so episode. Much. So welcome to the podcast, Cinciana. I'm excited for our both of our audiences to get to know more of who you are. For the people who don't know, which is basically my audience, Cinciana has been in therapy for over five years, right? Both as a client and as a therapist herself. And she has gone through several practices, right? Am I right on that? Mm -hmm. So practice on how to help her clients, how to help herself through therapy and everything like that. And she has recently in the past two years found herself in a position where not to say that therapy hasn't worked, but Cinciana is looking for a better way <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> to basically exactly. summarize it. You felt like therapy wasn't enough per se. I know that it doesn't work because it does work. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that it does work, even though I'm more in the coaching realm. But it's just like, I guess you felt in a sense, is this it? Is this really it? Or is there exactly. a more, much better way to approach these things? Mm -hmm. uh, but talk a little bit more about your experience as far as therapy and then what you're doing now. Of course. So first of all, thank you very much for having me. Of course. Really excited to to be here. So yeah, you're, uh, you described it pretty much uh, right. So... I was a therapist, like a standard therapist for about six years before I started integrating other practices in my work. 
And in the same time, I was a client for about five to six years for different kind of therapeutic practices or like perspectives in the same time. So I did have that experience of being both on both sides of the couch, let's say Mm -hmm. like that. And the thing that was missing in both of these sides was a feeling of not really getting results, not Mm. really, I understood more. I got a lot more awareness about myself, about my patterns, about my traumas, about why and how I ended up where I ended up. However, there was always this, the best word to describe it is frustration. Mm. because if it always felt like it's not clicking i don't get that transformation or that change that i sort of expected to get and that was happening as well as a client as as a therapist with my clients so i felt very helpless in a way many times because okay you understand you dig deep Mm-hmm. Because therapy is deep. You can you can say a lot of things about therapy, but not that it doesn't go deep. It does go very deep. However, you don't really get the results. Or that's how I felt at that time. Got it. Okay. So in a sense, maybe therapy is more to bring awareness and not just surface level awareness, but deep awareness of like, oh, this is why you are depressed. This is why you have anxiety. This is exactly. why you have a certain addiction. However, what was missing is, okay, what can I do about it now? <laughs> how yes, can I move forward exactly. from here? And, what, how can... and also, I don't know exactly how to put it into words, mm-hmm. because even this awareness on the one side is great and it's amazing mm-hmm. to have it, but there's like a limit, if you ask me, on how much it's actually helpful. Mm-hmm. Because you can have, or too much awareness can be actually damaging. And I felt that very much as a client at some point when I was working with some someone very trauma-focused and just so much trauma that I didn't even know I had or I didn't even have the awareness that that was there. And at some point it was just too much awareness and not so much actual change. Got it. Okay. That's interesting because, and I, and I love this because you're giving the perspective of a client, but also on the perspective of someone who's helping a client through therapy. So in a sense, did you feel like maybe through your experience as a client was that the therapist that was helping you was mainly trying to uncover every single trauma so that you can let it go. However, maybe some of that trauma didn't affect you. So it was kind of exactly. unnecessary to become aware of it. Exactly. So I had stuff that were more like pressing for me than Mm -hmm. the trauma, maybe. And in the same time, I feel that a lot of therapy is so much focused on that trauma, you sort of forget everything else. So it's Mm -hmm. like it wasn't put into perspective. Okay, life is not only about the trauma, but if you go like every single week and all you talk about is trauma, and then of course you start to observe in your day to day life, oh my God, I don't have boundaries. Oh my God, I can't stand up for myself. I'm so traumatized. There's so much stuff that I'm failing at or like I'm so damaged in a way. Then at some point you only see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it got to a point where I literally found that I was digging myself sort of in a hole mm-hmm. and I wasn't able to get out of anymore because it was just everywhere I looked around, I just felt so 
damaged in a way or sort of traumatized. And later on, I also had that perspective sort of when thinking about how I used to work with my clients or some of them at some mm -hmm. point where there was way too much focus again on that trauma on everything that's like not okay with them let's say like that not that it's not okay but like everything that's not healthy let's put mm -hmm. it that way but not so much on the change and I had to had this like process with myself where I was like was I actually really helping these people or did I actually make their life worse because now they're in the same situation same relationship same family same job same whatever same cycle because yeah but now they have the awareness of how unhealthy this is. Mm. Yeah. I, so I... yeah, <laughs> that was a <laughs> that was a pretty heavy realization to have. <laughs> yeah, and and I definitely I definitely understand how that can be. the The way that I picture it in my head is, uh, at least through my through my coaching, right? I know for a fact that people do have to address some past trauma. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily every single trauma, right? Because in a sense, someone can say that they were bullied. However, maybe that bullying didn't affect them at a mental and emotional level, per se. Uh, mm -hmm. Where they were like, yeah, I was bullied, but that was in the past. Like, it didn't affect me. I'm still confident. I'm still this and that, right? To where another person can, it can definitely be detrimental. It can definitely affect them. So they need to uncover that trauma for themselves. So it's kind of, it's it's really based on the person, right? So if if all the therapy practices mm -hmm. were like, let's just uncover everything, every single thing, even the unnecessary ones, <laughs> yeah. whether you like it or not, and then, yeah, you will leave you to it to see what you want to do with it in a sense. Go ahead. Yeah, in a way, and with the best of intentions. I mean, yeah. you really are trying to help that person, but that's, I feel that's like, how psychotherapy sees or a bit like that's the approach mm -hmm. in a way of let's just heal everything and you know as a psychotherapist you're not really specialized on something it's like people come to you with everything mm -hmm. and yeah that's exactly what you what you're saying like not everything should be healed maybe or not everything needs to be healed right now or maybe and it's also, already if you healed. Ask me, yeah. Maybe it's already healed, and because the way, and I'm, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but mm -hmm. the way that I picture it, right? Let's picture those mental and emotional wounds as physical wounds, right? So, let's say you have so many cuts in your arm, per se. Some are some are not healed, but some are already scarred. Going back to that example of the bullying, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say that you were bullied, but that's that that wound is already scarred, meaning you don't need to go back to it. But if, <laughs> uh, again, uh, picturing that going to the hospital, right? And then wanting to treat every single wound ever, mm -hmm. that's kind of, that's kind of pointless because they see a scar. They're like, oh, we need to check to see how it is going. That way we need to make sure that everything's good to go. But they're focusing on something that is already scarred and it's not an open wound and they're kind of like making you reopen it again when it's already technically healed instead mm -hmm. of focusing on the open wounds that are already that are still there like the ones that need priority so yeah i definitely understand how that can be frustrating <laughs> not only as a yeah. therapist at all but also especially as a client because you're going there for for guidance 
Yes, I'm really grateful to have had these experiences as a client because I could see it like firsthand how it how ineffective it was mm -hmm. in a way. And like I can say I 100% agree with the thing like it's maybe healed. I don't think mm -hmm. they are really healed, but you sort of learn to live with them. Like you mm -hmm. said, it's still exactly. a scar. It's not mm -hmm. like completely gone. It's mm -hmm. still there, but you're you you're living with it. You don't mm -hmm. need to survive anymore. And I think that therapy is way too focused on like surviving and like healing everything, like going from minus to zero. Mm -hmm. While, for example, coaching, and I'm really excited to hear, hear your perspective on this. Yeah. Is like focused very much from like zero to thriving. Mm -hmm. What do you want to build? What do you want to change? What do you want to make out of your life? Because if you ask me, we are all traumatized. We all have trauma. This thing like, oh my God, I have trauma. Yeah, you do. And I do. And everybody does. And of course, some traumas are worse than others. And there's no competition here. Because that comes also in play. Like, oh my God, my, my trauma is worse than yours or stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, it's not a competition. <laughs> uh -huh. But we do all have trauma. I don't yeah. think there's any human on this planet who has made it like up to 30, 40 years and doesn't have trauma. Not even like 10 years. <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, technically how you were how anybody was born was in a sense traumatic, right? Even as a baby, like in, in a, as a baby you were in a little cocoon in your mm. in your mom's little belly and warm and comfortable and then one day you just needed to come out. And so you were removed from that environment and that's why babies cry when they're born because like, hey, how come you're removing me from exactly. <laughs> from my yes, comfortable you're environment? You're so right, like birth in itself is uh, is traumatic and if you go that deep there's like so much therapy or so much perspective that are seeing like already the trauma that happened in the womb or at birth during birth or like therapies that are relieving the birth so that you can heal that so yeah it can go very far with like mm -hmm. trauma healing and i think there should or it would be healthy to like have a a broader perspective that this is not or it shouldn't be all of about and i think that's the issue with therapy or i again i don't really know how it's in the states mm -hmm. but i find that in europe it's being seen like if you have issues like emotional unfulfillment unhappiness or mental issues you go to therapy if you want mm -hmm. to like leadership coaching like leadership professional i don't know money stuff and business you go to coaching mm -hmm. and like therapy is like the solution for your emotional well-being mm -hmm. and psychological well-being but honestly i don't really see it that way yeah um, i 100 agree it's mm. it's it needs to be an integration of both right because i'm not against therapy for sure if if in a sense for me if there was a point where i needed therapy is because i went through something like really traumatic for me right mm. traumatic trauma is very relative right exactly yeah again someone can be bullied that can take them down very dark roads or and someone can another person can be this bullied the same but it can be like whatever like i was bullied mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter uh for me i think it would be like losing a family member tragically mm -hmm. like my spouse or my kids or anything like that where even though i have the tools to move through something sad that can be give me immediate results something that takes a little bit longer, like the grieving process of losing a child, because it's something that I've never experienced in my life before. 
even though I can put myself mentally and emotionally mm. uh, just thinking about it, but moving through it, that's a whole different case. So that's where I feel like maybe therapy can help. But even then, the way that I would look to find a therapist is like, help me grieve. Basically, in a sense, like, help me not need you anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way I see it. And that's the way I approach my coaching, too, is like, hey, I'm, I'm here temporarily. Like, I don't want to have this the rest of your life or the rest mm-hmm. of my life. Of course, unless you need it. But at that point, that's something a lot more serious. But my approach to things on my end, so kind of to give you a little bit of backstory and context mm-hmm. on how I even got into coaching, I've been in the coaching realm for about since 2015, I want to say. And if you want to count the years prior to that, when it came to fitness coaching, mm-hmm. I was into that as well back in probably 2013, 2014. Since I was into fitness back then, I was into bodybuilding and things like that. So I was getting into fitness coaching at the time. But when it came to more mental, like having that mental strength, mental fortitude, building resilience, business, like basically what you mentioned, what Mm -hmm. coaching is right now, I got into that in 2015. But kind of, I had the same experience like you did, but with coaching Mm -hmm. and the opposite spectrum. Okay, (laughs) that's interesting. (laughs) Um, So in a sense... For about, I want to say five years, I went to events, coaching events, right? Mm-hmm. I went to, I read a bunch of books as coaches recommend, and I listened to a bunch of podcasts as well. However, I found myself in a cycle of coming back to depression and being, having anxiety and still at the time dealing with an addiction to pornography while mm-hmm. I was reading those books, while I was going to those events and applying those things that I learned into into business, into life as well. And kind of similar to you, I just came to a point of why is this continuing to happen? Like, why can I just leave pornography? Why can I just not mm-hmm. be depressed anymore? Why can I just not be anxious anymore? I'm reading, I'm doing everything that my coaches are telling me to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to the events, I'm listening to the podcast, I'm reading the books and I'm applying everything that I've learned, but why am I still stuck in this place? And that's when I finally threw up. It's it's so weird through through reading books and through listening to podcasts. Yeah. I technically found the answer in the sense where it came to me in the form of like, hey, the reason why everything that you've learned so far for business and personal development, why that hasn't stuck and why you're still going into cycles of depression and anxiety and still dealing with an, addic- with an addiction is because you haven't learned to let go of what is causing you to be depressed, of mm-hmm. what is causing you to be anxious, and did what you is know driving what was causing you at that point. You didn't. Hmm. I did not. I had no idea. I had no idea I had trauma. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which which is not <laughs> that's uncommon. The other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, that's a completely. Uh, the yeah. way that I looked at uh, trauma was uh, the way that I looked at trauma was you going through something traumatic per se, mm-hmm. like. PTSD, like going to war, right? That's kind of like the the things that when it came to trauma, it was PTSD because you went to war and it came like that because I had a brother who came back that way mm-hmm. um, or being sexually assaulted, being kidnapped, things that were like that truly shifted your life mm-hmm. in a very negative way, right? At least to me, that's what trauma was. It wasn't until I discovered that I still had some trauma, that trauma was actually kind of in a sense, a spectrum and not necessarily this certain thing is only trauma. 
and yours wasn't, mm-hmm. it's very much trauma. Trauma is whatever happened to you and how you took it emotionally and mentally and yes. how it's affecting you to this day. So I'm glad that I went through that journey to be able mm. to uncover those traumas because as a man, as I don't know if uh, men in Romania are this way, but it was very, you have to be very masculine, very, the way mm-hmm. that we, the term that we use here, cause I'm Hispanic is macho. You have mm-hmm. to be a macho man. You can't show emotion. You can't cry. You can't speak about your emotions. You just have to, you have to like take all the punches and continue moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of men do that. Right. And that's the path that I was taking. I was just sick and tired of being depressed at the end of the day and not, mm-hmm. <laughs> and not having the answer as to why. And to be honest, to me on my end, my biggest trauma was growing up without a father mm-hmm. um, that I have covered. Right. Of course, there's little things here and there from my mother's side growing up with, with friends and fa- excuse me, with friends and family, certain things that they did that I didn't take the, r- the right way. But the biggest one that I pointed down to was growing up without a father Mm. especially because I knew what it was like to have a father for about four years and then for all of a sudden life to change drastically and not see him ever again because to this point I haven't seen him that kind of without me knowing that kind of shifted a lot of things a lot of beliefs that I had a lot of Mm. um, a lot of my behaviors and things like that Um, and to me I kind of build that story that like, nah, that didn't affect me. And kind of like a story that I built was, well, I became a husband and I didn't leave my family. Um, Mm -hmm. We have four kids and I still haven't left my family. So technically what happened to me didn't affect me. Yeah. But emotionally and mentally, it did affect me, right? Externally, of course, I was successful per se. (laughs) Uh, But mentally and emotionally, those wounds were still there. And it wasn't until I learned to forgive and I learned to, especially for me, learn to love my dad for the man who he was back then, right? Not mm-hmm. to say that it was okay what he did, but for me, learn to forgive, learn to Accept. love in a sense, mm-hmm. learn to have empathy because what if I was in his position? What would I have done, right? What mm-hmm. what traumas did he go through that made him the way that he was Mm -hmm. like because you mentioned we all experience trauma and those traumas will come up and if someone doesn't have empathy for others then your trauma gets triggered right (laughs) so that blocks you from having empathy Um, so you don't understand the other person so you go and attack them which is what i did for a long time to people and because i grew up without a father i looked for a father figure anywhere i could go and that's where that's Mm -hmm. where it kind of like coaching came right into play because it was like having a father per se a man in my life who was like hey i want you to be successful so in order for you to be successful proud of you yeah exactly Mm -hmm. um but what i found myself going into was being a yes man a people pleaser whoever wanted to kind of guide me like especially a man i will be like yes 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 sir i'll do whatever you need me Mm -hmm. i just want your love I just want you to give me attention. I just want yeah. you to believe in me, right? Because I never I never had that. And it wasn't until I unpacked that and uncovered that, that I was able to let go. It's like, you know what? Yes, I don't need that anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll appreciate it very much. However, I'm not going to be a people pleaser. I'm not going to be a yes man. You're not going to be able to kind of rule over me. 
right? Not mm-hmm. that they, those people did it intentionally, but it happened. Maybe because of past traumas that they went through and it was just like two people coming together with the right traumas per se. <laughs> and the right coping mechanisms just blending in together but that's kind of my end of things mm-hmm. started with coaching approach coaching and now now that i unpacked it i was like okay well let me look into this therapy thing and mm-hmm. see what's right or what's wrong is it a thing that i need to go into necessarily right and to this day i haven't I and mean, i was able to unpack what i needed to unpack for myself mm-hmm. and move forward past that and it led me to this point in time, because I know if I hadn't unpacked it, we wouldn't even <laughs> be talking right now. <laughs> it's interesting because like you mentioned, when it came, when it comes to the therapy, someone close to me is in therapy mm-hmm. um, and, and even seeing a psychiatrist and a therapist at the same time. And it was at least here on our end, it was immediate medication. Mm-hmm. And when it came to therapy, we were like, okay, well, let's try it out. And after several weeks, they came back to tell us like, yeah, it's just repetitive. Like, I don't see a point to it anymore because it's the same questions. I tell them the same thing and so on and so forth. And that wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't the first time that I heard it. Uh, clients as well told me like, yeah, it's repetitive. Mm-hmm. It's, there's a formula that therapists follow. And after a period of time, it's very, it gets old pretty quickly per se. So yeah, I, I kind of had to figure out a way to like, okay, well, what can I do based on what I learned? And how can mm-hmm. I apply it to coaching? And yeah, that's where we are here <laughs> yeah. at the moment. I love this conversation because it shows exactly how, you know, we came from both ends, mm-hmm. ended up in the same place because both of them are lacking. So it's not like, I'm also not saying like, don't go to therapy or therapy is bad. What I am saying is that therapy is not like the solution for everything. In mm-hmm. the same time, coaching is not the solution for everything. And it's like, you need to, use all of them if you really want to change because exactly what you lack like the awareness i had way too much awareness and i didn't know what to do with it i didn't know okay now what okay accept forgive let go okay i let go i move past but you know where do i go Mm -hmm. what do i do it's a bit passive in a way i find therapy while coaching is a bit too active sometimes. (laughs) However, it also depends. I mean, in the past years, I've met a lot of coaches who are extremely well-trained in like Mm -hmm. trauma, somatic work. So they are very trauma-informed. And I find that they have amazing results because they know exactly to look at only what they need to look at, like from the trauma perspective, and then support the change Mm -hmm. so i think it's starting to get like this whole integrated uh picture or like profession Mm -hmm. in a way but for now or like eight seven eight years ago right when we started that's how things were pretty much practiced that's how it was right (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's how it was and i mean it's also i don't know how it is i'm curious to to find out how coaches were seeing therapists probably at that time now now that we are talking it's obviously not that uh, (laughs) case anymore but to own it and to be very honest at that point if you would ask ask me what opinion I have of coaches I would have said like they're total scammers (laughs) and like (laughs) you know that's bullshit and they're just taking your money and that's not real work and that's not real change and I mean because it was like 
how therapists were seeing, or I don't want to generalize, but how pretty much most of therapists were seeing coaches, because of course we had like years on end of training and of study. And when you said coach, you would imagine like a 20 year old in Bali who would be like, be positive and like <laughs> you only live once and just live your life. I mean, at least that's what the image I had of coaches. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm doing here deep work. We are unpacking all the trauma. We are making like taking all your childhood. And <laughs> <laughs> but on the same time, a little dose of, you know, just do it and come on. Mm-hmm. These, these are the steps. And I yeah. think it's necessary. Yeah, 100%. Push, and uh... that pretty much being not forced because that would be interpreted wrong but you need someone to set a boundary you need someone to say okay you you have to do this or you just go back to the way things were i feel coaches at least the way i've experienced them are pretty much confront confronting exactly that's Mm -hmm. the word i was looking for they're confronting you well therapist is like more of like let's unpack and let's unpack and how do you feel but they are confronting you're still confronted as a therapist but it's so subtle and it's so slow and it's so and maybe that was okay like 10 years ago but Mm -hmm. to be very honest in the way that life is going at the moment and the rate and the speed that things are happening and we need to speed up with how much stimuli and how much information we need to process like every single day i don't think that this whole perspective of like meeting every week and just unpacking every single hour just a bit more and integrating that is really helping us anymore Mm -hmm. and i've seen it's not only my experience i've also worked with a lot of clients who came from that perspective who had previous therapists and they were saying the same thing or talking to people who are like no i've tried therapy once and i'm not going back because like it was not really helping me or it wasn't didn't have the results that i i expected or needed and yeah they they are also right so there's a lot to unpack here with therapy i think but it's not wrong but it's also not like not, not i think 100 the answer yeah 100 percent. i feel that i have a lot of respect now for coaches Mm-hmm. and that's why i want to talk about this and i'm open to talk about it honestly even if i know and it wouldn't be the first time when like therapists and colleagues and people who maybe went to therapy and they felt that it helped them will be like oh how can you say that and like <laughs> but i mean it's okay it's my experience and i feel it's important to share it because i feel that therapists are a bit of like uh, pampered mm-hmm. and a bit of like in a way protected in a way that coaches aren't yeah and i honestly don't find it fair at the moment because again i've had experiences but with so much and with everything and with a lot of therapy and i must say personally i've experienced way more change working with coaches as a client Mm -hmm. as i did with therapists and i don't want to put it that way because of course maybe the of course the awareness i had from therapy helped me to have those yeah. changes and working with coaches but in the same time you really can compare it in the sense of results and another thing that sort of i don't know i respect a lot about coaches that they do that is that they are accountable mm. and they stand up for their results and they i don't want to say they promise results but they 
say you are going to get this, or this is what I promise. This is mm -hmm. what I'm offering. While with therapists, I feel that we don't really have that accountability. It's a bit of like, you know, it's a long process. It goes with up and down. <laughs> you can't really expect results. If you don't have results, then to be very honest, it's never the therapist's fault. Mm. I don't know if you've ever heard a therapist who would say, I didn't do my job right. It's like, no, the client was resisting. The client had too many defense mechanisms. It's like always something related mm -hmm. to the client where it's not the therapist's fault. And that's also something that I respect a lot for coaches because I find that amazing that it's like, okay, these are the other results and I have to provide that. While with therapists, we're like, yeah, okay, we'll just see for 10 sessions. These are the objectives. <laughs> but if we, if we don't get there, then it's like not, not really our fault. Yeah, that's, that's definitely something. I, I haven't personal experience, but what I've seen and what I've heard from other people is that especially that person who's close to me who is going to therapy, mm -hmm. we found ourselves like, okay, well, what direction are we going? Exactly. I guess we, we know you need to unpack and we know we need to unpack a lot of stuff, but okay, we're like, are they helping you? Not only unpack mm -hmm. that, but giving you direction on what to apply and where to go in a sense. The way that I, the way that I pictured in my head, kind of like a little funny cartoon, right? Therapy mm -hmm. is kind of, Picture someone in a parked car, right? The car yeah. is the representation of whatever trauma they're holding on to. It's their depression, their anxiety, or whatever it may be. And the therapist comes in to sit down with a person in that parked car. And it's kind of like letting the person know, like, yeah, you're dealing with depression because of this happening in your past, your traumas. So that's why the car isn't starting or that's why the car isn't mm -hmm. going. So in a sense, they make them aware, like, okay, well, that's why the car isn't going. That's where the car isn't starting. But then they just get out the car, <laughs> <laughs> per se. Or they start the car, but they're like, okay, well, I don't know how to drive it. Teach me how to drive it. I don't know where to go mm -hmm. from here. I'm still parked, per se. I'm aware. Yeah. And I and technically, I fixed those certain things. I forgave, like I mentioned, I forgave, I let go and stuff like that. And so I started the car. However, I have no idea where I'm going now. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that so much that you said that because the way I'm seeing it is like you sort of go to the airport and uh -huh. you're like I want to go someplace where I'm happy I'm unhappy here and I want to go someplace where it's good right because mm -hmm. that's usually how people come to therapy yeah. I'm not happy I'm not fulfilled I'm depressed I'm anxious so it's something about like I'm not good where I am and it's like okay so where do you want to go oh I don't know I just don't want to be here anymore. It's like, okay, but do you like warm weather? Do you like mountains? Do you like the seaside? Do you like people? Do you like rather to be alone? I don't know. I just don't want to feel <laughs> to be here anymore. And it's like, you know, as a ticket vendor, it's like, okay, so what are we doing now? <laughs> just picking a random destination. And that's basically pretty much what you do as a therapist. You sort mm -hmm. of start picking random destinations and try them out to see if they're the right fit for the person or not. But it's also, I mean, to be honest, that person won't know. That's why they're coming to you because they're confused because they don't know if they would know what exactly they want and what makes them happy. They wouldn't sort of be in the situation they are in. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit of the blind leading the blind. 
where it's like, okay, so how does that feel? And I know because I've been in that situation, I've spent, I don't even want to know. I didn't do that. And I don't think I'll ever do it to just like make a total sum of how much money and how much hours I've spent on therapy, just giving answers that honestly, they weren't my truth because I had no idea what my truth was. And it's like, how are you feeling? Or where are you feeling that? I would just say whatever I, you know, came up at the moment, but that wasn't really... It was like really the blind feeding the blind, but I was paying for that. Yeah, and again, I, I'm not saying I've been a therapist for so many years. So many people have paid me. So, I mean, we do it with the best intentions. Of course, there mm-hmm. are people who don't do it with the best intentions, but I mean, that's like human beings in every profession. You will find that. But I do believe that 99% of the therapists are doing it with the best intentions, trying to help. But it's not really, really working if you really want to change your life. So if you go to therapy, exactly as you said, I want to unpack, I want to understand. I want to know better or I want to release a specific trauma. I had a Mm -hmm. difficult birth, for example. Let's say Mm -hmm. I go to somatic therapy to just release that trauma from my body. But you have like a specific goal in mind. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, that's what I appreciate so much about coaching because it's very accountable. And yeah, it's very and okay. This is yeah, what... I mean, to to speak on the coaches side, right? I know you mentioned mm-hmm. that back in the day, therapists versus coaches. <laughs> therapists <laughs> so thought that coaches that, were yeah. like, no, I mean, it happens, right? It's it's uh, yeah, it's I don't want to say it's a new profession, but it's a profession that is getting the attention, right? Where maybe therapists saw like that, like oh this client needs me per se needs therapy mm-hmm. but he decided to go coaching so at a personal level i understand that like oh they see that they're losing clients per se on my end when it came to that therapist versus coaching it it wasn't so much me personally i wasn't against therapy and i've never been mm-hmm. against therapy it was more the again going back to what i mentioned earlier is therapy is for people who have severe trauma per se were like or what people call big T trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, I was like, I don't have big T trauma. I wasn't kidnapped. I wasn't sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. I wasn't all of these, right. Or PTSD. So I don't need therapy. And through the coaching, all I was doing was really basically masking <laughs> mm-hmm. the trauma that I did have. So on that end, it didn't work out long-term, but at least on the coaching part, what I would hear people tell me is, you don't need coach. I mean, you don't need you don't need therapy. You just need to read more books. You need to listen to more podcasts. Mm-hmm. You need to associate more with positive people. You just need to f- basically flood your trauma so mm-hmm. that you can't get you you can get to the point where you don't even think about it. And that's what basically I did for those for those five years in that coaching space, being a client to a coach. And yeah, as as you can see, it didn't work out long term because it's very hard to keep it flooded to keep it down mm-hmm. to basically suppress it right because now all my energy was going to suppressing it mm-hmm. and kind of like picture i don't know picturing yourself blocking a door mm-hmm. and that door wants to just burst out but all your energy like you can't you don't have time to think about family you don't have time to think about your mm-hmm. spouse all you're doing is putting all your focus and energy on keeping that door shut because that's what they told you to do <laughs> exactly yeah um 
and it again it got to the point where like i just this door needs to open it needs to budge because it's it's keeping me away from a lot of things mm -hmm. so i wouldn't say that they were necessarily against therapy but they were not like yeah you need to go to therapy therapy is important for you to unpack a lot of things so that you can be you everything that we were teaching you here and you're learning through coaching it can actually stick and you don't have to go through cycles of depression and anxiety anymore mm -hmm. which leads us to to leads us to where we are now where we see an integration of both things of both practices right like through my coaching there is therapeutic practices and it's not the traditional therapy where it's like okay how do you feel and, and things and mm -hmm. things like that it's much more I always start off with my clients like you need to know where you want to go because if you don't know where you want to go, what's your goal in mind? What's your dream that you want to accomplish? You're just going to be aware. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's all you're going to accomplish is just becoming aware, but you will know what to do with that awareness. It's like me giving you a car, but because you don't know how to drive a car, it's like, this is a nice gift, but I don't know how to use it. I don't know yeah. where to go with it. So I always tell them, you need to know where you want to go, what you want to accomplish. You also need to know where you are right now. Mm -hmm. Where are you right now? Are you dealing with depression? Are you dealing with anxiety? And what we're going to work on for probably two to three weeks is what is the thing that is keeping you stuck here and away from achieving your goal? Um, mm -hmm. And it we go deep, right? We go to, okay, what we deal with the big traumas, the ones that they are they know that they can unpack, that they know they are there. Not so much every single trauma. Mm -hmm. So we focus on that one because, again, if that's the one that is keeping you stuck, even though, yes, you might have little little traumas here, I would rather teach you how to unpack the big one that is keeping you stuck and give you the tools so that you know how to unpack the little ones too later on mm -hmm. where you don't necessarily need to need me. And you have the tools to continue to move yourself forward Again, basically not need me the rest of your life per se. So we we help them through unpacking that. And then one thing that I learned through, through on my end personally, and this is not something that I, I've heard before or even with therapy mm -hmm. is the thought of like, okay, well, if the thing that was keeping you stuck is your past and your trauma, then maybe there's a silver lining there where you can show yourself like, hey, even though there's good and bad in your past, right? Not everything mm -hmm. is all bad. So what good things in your past can you also unpack where it helps you build a positive story that proves to yeah. you that you can accomplish that goal? Because mm -hmm. even though you have all this trauma, you still did all these wonderful things despite you dealing with all this negative emotion and mental wounding. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and pull from those positive things and focus on that. Now you learn mm -hmm. you learn how to move through the negative stuff when the emotional wounding and when you get triggered and stuff like that. And you use the positive one to pull you forward to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. Now that you have a sense of direction. So it's kind of on mine, it's becoming aware where you want to go, knowing where you are now, unpacking a lot of things that are keeping you stuck, mm -hmm. and then still within that same role of dealing with your past basically becoming aware of the positive things in your past mm -hmm. so that you can build a new story, a positive story, a story yeah, exactly. that empowers you to move forward. I love that you say that. I feel that's what's missing so much in therapy is that so that part. Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this? It's like with coaching, it's way more specific. Exactly like the so that there needs to be a so that. 
-hmm. in therapy it's a bit fuzzy it's a bit or it depends also on the therapeutic approach but even if it's like specific like in cognitive behavioral therapy it's not also it's not really transformative in my opinion so i love this combination of like the past with the future this is what happened but this is where you want to get to and let's just remove whatever is necessary to get there mm -hmm. and i think that's why again like 10 years ago at least that was the impression of coaches because they were just like oh it doesn't matter what happened in the past <laughs> Yeah. just think positive you can do it <laughs> just, just like flood it with positivity yeah <laughs> exactly what you basically you've experienced mm -hmm. and so i mean yeah that opinion was a bit uh, <laughs> correct maybe at that time because mm -hmm. coaches yeah. i think at least 10 years ago i'm not saying again all of them but most of what you saw was a bit of that like positivity or like positive thinking and just leave the trauma behind but mm. the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because um, the reason why I even had the belief, the strong belief, not just like oh yeah, I can do this, uh, but the strong belief, like determination that I can do this work, where I can mm -hmm. integrate both coaching and kind of therapeutic practices, was the fact that I looked to my past again. What is kind of the thing that is that is what story from my past proves mm -hmm. to me that I can do this now professionally. Mm -hmm. And I look to it and every single, every single point in my life, I always look to help someone and in high school, right. Talking to girls and stuff like that. I would always be the crying shoulder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I would hold space for people. When I got into, into the job, people will come to me with their complaints. So and I would help them through those things, right? Now, at the time, I didn't know how to help them unpack certain things or the traumas. I, I had no idea about trauma. So I would just kind of use the coaching part of like, no, you just yeah. need to think positive. But the key thing in all those stages in my life was that I was able to hold space for people to mm -hmm. the point where they could trust me for them to be open and vulnerable. So that's kind of where I got the, where it proved to me that, hey, you can look to your past for the positive too, mm -hmm. not just your traumas. <laughs> I'm curious um, now. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Um, because you've mentioned trust, and I'm curious how it is, uh, like on your end, or how do you see that, in the sense of how much are coaching coaches, sort of disclosing about themselves? Because what I've experienced was, and also in training and working with other therapists, it's mm -hmm. a lot about like therapists don't say anything about themselves. You have to mm -hmm. be like in that role. You don't disclose anything. You just sort of reflect back any any question that comes at you. And personally, again, as a client, I found that very, in a way, dehumanizing. Yeah. I mean, you are asking me to trust you and we are supposed to build a bond and a rapport, right? Because it's like most of therapy, it's based on like the relationship you're actually building with that person. But how am I really supposed to build a relationship when, you know, I, I don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah. But as a therapist, in the same time, you're trained that you're not supposed to disclose because you're the therapist. You're supposed to be an authority. Mm. You're not like two friends chatting. And this has also been a, a very important like point for me where I've always felt like something is not right here because it didn't feel okay for me to just not disclose. 
Because mm-hmm. if I'm asking you to trust me as a client, you should know if you have any question. Of course, I'm not going to start like talking for an hour about myself. But if there is any question, and I mean any question, you need to know about myself or you want to know, or of course, you know, healthy boundaries and everything. Of course, I'm there to, to respond. And we are a human helping another human. I'm not like, so I didn't really resonate with that. I'm the therapist, you're the client. There's like this authority thing. Mm-hmm. I'm very much seeing it more as I'm a human going down in the trenches with you. And we're doing this together. Yep. And yeah, I'm very curious because in my experience with therapists, there was always like this distance. While with coaches, there was like, I honestly am friends at the moment with some of my coaches because it's just a relationship we've built. And I've managed to transform way more because I felt more safe. I felt more comfortable. I trusted them more. So yeah, I'm I'm curious. What's your take on that? I can only speak for myself because again, mm. just like with any other any other profession, some people, I'm sure that there's a bunch of coaches that just do it for the money. They see it as a great opportunity to like, oh, people want coaches. So I'm charismatic. I can sell. I can do all these things. I can mm-hmm. put a very pretty, yeah. yeah, put a, sell a pretty little package. But inside it's very, mm-hmm. I guess, empty, right? But at least on my end, I disclose 100% of who I am. Mm-hmm. Like they don't even ask sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But exactly. that's the biggest compliment that people give me, at least as far as the clients go. Even Even people on social media, when I tell personal stories, is like, man, your story has helped me so much. One of my past clients told me that, because he went to therapy too, and he's in, he he was in the military, so he had a lot mm-hmm. to unpack. But his feedback when it came to the therapeutic practices to taking my program was like, yeah, when it came to therapy, it was very formulaic. It was just basically you go in, how are you feeling? You tell him the same answer again and again, and then see you in two weeks. Where over here, when he gave me a review and a feedback, he told me like, yeah, it was just like having a conversation. You didn't, mm-hmm. you were not over here making yourself better than me. It was just like, yeah, well, I used to be in your shoes, man. And, and um, I relate to you. And because mm-hmm. of that, I trusted you that you can guide me like, oh, you've been there before. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, how did you find your way out of it? And that's how I approach my coaching. Mm-hmm. But I have heard, unfortunately, from also past clients who I've had as well, who didn't go the therapy route, but went the coaching route where those coaches were just like, be positive, work harder, all these things. And they didn't help them to basically like, hey, sometimes you just need to sit down with your client so that you can guide them to where they need to go. Mm -hmm. And that's how I approach approach my coaching to let them know like, hey, I've been here before. And look Mm -hmm. how beautiful it it is over there. Like you can go. I can do it. You can do it. And like, I've been through that. And it's also, again, human i'm a human Mm -hmm. i'm not supposed to be to be perfect and i i wanted to talk about this because i remember it very clearly like when i had that moment when you know for me it broke with therapy in pieces it wasn't like a a whole process it was like okay it's working in a way and then something happens and i feel like something breaks inside of me it's like i can't approach this in the Mm -hmm. same way or you know it just happened in time and one of those moments was when I was I was working with a client who was a mother. And I don't know, she asked me if I'm a mother. Usually when I work with parents, I disclose from the beginning, hey, I'm not a parent. 
So everything we're going to work on related to parenthood and stuff like that. I'm working from books. I'm working from what I've learned. I don't have the personal experience because I don't know if you're paying me. I feel it's very important for you to know who you're actually talking to and that mm -hmm. I don't have. Because as you know, if you haven't been through something, you won't be able to help that person in the same way. No matter how much you've learned, you've studied, you've read, <laughs> you went to workshops. If you haven't been through it personally, it's like a whole other level. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I don't know, it came up in a discussion with a colleague at some point that, yeah, I, I told her that this client that I'm not a mother. I don't know in which context. And like, oh, my God, how, how could you tell her? <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't know. I find it's like human to human. She should know. Oh, I never tell my clients anything about me. And like, okay. And if she asks, because to be honest, a lot of clients ask, especially if they come with like uh, subjects related to parenthood or stuff like that. I find it normal that they ask. Uh, no, if they ask me, I just ask, what made you ask me that? And I was mm. oh, come on. Seriously? <laughs> and I find that so often with so many topics in therapy where I feel like, it's very dehumanizing in a way. Yeah. And it's very, we forgot that we are human to human. And it's like a need in a way to protect yourself so much as a therapist. Oh, the client doesn't need to know that. The client doesn't need, you have to keep like the one hour or the 15 minutes or how much you're working with. And it's like so many stuff that you need to protect as a therapist. And the, to be honest, at some point it's tiring. When I work, because now I work a bit mixed. I don't even know what to call it. With some clients, I work like more like therapeutic because that's where they came from. Other clients are way more open or they come to me through other channels and then I can work with them a bit different. And it's such a difference. And I'm such a different person mm -hmm. when I'm allowed to just be myself and just don't have to like protect my image and my, I don't know, everything boundaries and whatnot so much and I just can be a human helping another human while in the therapist role when I'm in that it's like I have to keep that boundary and I don't have to disclose and I don't have to do that and it's like ah really <laughs> it's uh yeah so that I was very curious how uh how it was for you because that was what my experience when I worked with coaches they were like oh hi come on let me tell you what my experience and I was like oh, okay <laughs> this is interesting and this feels so good actually mm -hmm. no and yeah. and we're not we're not we're not immune to that in the coaching field because mm -hmm. like I mentioned before it was just positive 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 to the point where it was dehumanizing in yeah. a sense where it was just like yeah just ignore your past just ignore your trauma just forget about it we're building a new you and you can do that mm -hmm. if you're dealing with your with if you're focusing on your past um mm -hmm. so in the in that sense it was very much dehumanizing as well because yeah. even my personal coaches didn't really display their past because again they were teaching stay positive stay positive no yeah. matter what <laughs> like yeah don't disclose any information I, I wouldn't say that if i were to ask um, they wouldn't say mm -hmm. yeah that they wouldn't but at the same time because we were programmed to just stay positive stay positive we wouldn't even mm -hmm. think about asking we wouldn't think like oh yeah he's just gonna tell me to think positive mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah we weren't immune to that here on our end as well it was very much uh surface level just again mm -hmm. flood your trauma and just stay in the surface just 
float around over here. Yeah. <laughs> so um, interesting. I love that we're having this discussion because yeah. you see, we had basically the same experiences or like the same issues coming from exactly the opposite or way, not opposite, but like very different ends. Yeah. Meeting and, somewhere and, in the middle. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And like I mentioned, it has to be an integration of both. Yeah. It could be working yeah. with a coach who knows therapeutic practices and knows about trauma and how to help people move through it, but with direction, mm -hmm. or you can go through a therapist and then a therapist who works along with a coach can be like, okay, I'll deal with the unpacking. And then the coach deals with the moving forward with the goal and the accountability, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, which I think we're still very much in the early stages, but having this conversation can definitely open that up because exactly. on my end, I do work with precise mind behavioral health, which mm -hmm. kind of mixes both of them. It's mm -hmm. therapy with coaching and they're trying to do that, which is like, Hey, people will see a therapist, but they can also work with you so that they can move forward to where they need to go. Mm -hmm. So I'm starting to see that I've, I've implemented that in my practices. I'm starting to see that people are going into in that direction as well. And of course it's, I don't want to say that coaching is hundred percent the answer and that therapy is hundred percent the answer. One thing, one answer that I liked, I was listening to this podcast from, I think it was a psychotherapist mm -hmm. and they asked them this question of what do you think of life coaches? And they, they, <laughs> they had a laugh about it, <laughs> but he was basically saying like, yeah, I've, I've said it, I've said it a bunch of times where the mental health issues are not just for the mental health industry are just not for mm -hmm. mental health experts per se, like that we do need coaching and we do need therapist as well mm -hmm. um of course the big worry is that because coaching is not a as regulated as exactly. as therapy that's where kind of like the worry that i even see myself have because mm -hmm. i even told myself like can i actually do this if, am i going to get in legal trouble if i help mm -hmm. someone deal with a depression because that's technically a medical and clinical issue so i also have to protect myself from that to not say like, yeah, you have depression because I can't diagnose someone because I don't have that training. Mm, However, I can nice. still kind of like, like if you believe you have depression, you're saying that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, yeah, right. but I can yeah. help you mm -hmm. through it. Mm -hmm. So it, we find ourselves in this, in this, like you mentioned in the middle ground, which is good, but yeah, it's definitely something where people themselves, as far as clients, they need to know for sure. They need to be aware of who they're seeking help from mm -hmm. and really knowing what they want out of it so that they can find the right person who can lead them to that. Because, um, mm -hmm. yeah, people can say like, yeah, you can go to therapy, but if that person, yes, they need therapy, but they want more of a direction of, I want to accomplish this, but this is stopping me in a mm -hmm. sense, then therapy is not the full answer. It's probably like half the answer. Exactly. And that's where like exactly. coaching comes into play. Mm -hmm. I would like to add a bit to that because it's tricky because that mm -hmm. person, I mean, you know, people, when they come to coaching, to therapy, they're confused, they're anxious, they're depressed. They don't really know what they want. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a bit, that's why I feel like the responsibility should be a bit on ourselves as therapists, as coaches to just guide people to other practices. Like, okay, you come work with me for a couple of months, but then you go to this or, you know, or for ourselves to specialize. Because as a client, you won't know. You'll be usually, I'm unhappy, I'm unfulfilled, I'm feeling like this. I don't want this anymore. Mm -hmm. 
but it's a bit difficult for them to say like, you know, to have the discernment or the awareness of, okay, I need to go to a coach. I need to go to a therapist. As you said, it's not very regulated. They don't even know. Most people don't know what's the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychotherapist and a psychologist and a coach. <laughs> so it's a lot of information that, of course, they don't know. But that's why I feel like where starts the accountability of the professionals in a way. And of course, that's always going to be an issue because human are, humans are humans. They're, mm -hmm. they're always going to be people who are going to do this just for the money. And then, yeah. of course, they're going to say, <laughs> come, come to me, work with me. You don't need anything else. And in this sense, I do find that psychotherapy is a pretty good like business model in a way. Because, you know, with coaches, people don't usually go to coaches for like years on end. Mm -hmm. But in therapy, you're going to hear that very often, sadly. We're like, yeah, I've been in therapy for five years. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every single week for five years? <laughs> I mean, that, in my opinion, that shouldn't happen. Yeah. And maybe that was okay, like, I don't know, 20 years ago. But at this point, I don't feel that that should happen anymore. And I do feel that psychotherapists should take accountability a bit for that. And don't keep people in therapy more than than it's actually necessary. Yeah, because that's how that's the way that I approach my coaching. I let them know, like, hey, mm -hmm. we only have six weeks. And not to say that I don't want to work with you, but my goal is for you to not need me, but for me to leave you with the tools that you need so that you can live your life. Because one thing for sure is that trauma is going to happen, whether it happened in your past or it's happening now or it will happen in your future. I want to give you the tools so they can move through those things. And if you need therapy, then go to therapy. At least have the one thing that I always leave my clients, like the final session per se for my clients is what is next? Because this is not the mm -hmm. end. This is not like I'm, I won't be your final coach and I don't want to be your final coach or someone mm -hmm. who helps you. So what's next? Do you want to go into relationships? Do you want to go into fitness? Do you want to go into business? Whatever it may be. And I let them know, like, okay, here, I'll help you start. And so I give mm -hmm. them like kind of like a like a, a gift to help them on that track so that they can continue going. Mm -hmm. Um, that way they know, like, hey, you're gonna need help the rest of your life. <laughs> exactly. Um, I yeah. maybe I may not be the one that is right to help you in those sec sections of your life, but mm -hmm. I can help you start. Again, mm -hmm. going back to that 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 scenario of the parked car, right? Through my coaching, I help them turn on the car. I help them continue driving. But at some point, I need to get out of the car. But they still need to keep going. Um, mm -hmm. So I kind of like, okay, here you go. I gave you some gas, per se, so you can continue going in the path that you want to lay out. Mm -hmm. That way, the next person who needs to come into your car, they're there. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I uh, love that. And the way I work is that I usually work with people... Well, it's, again, very mixed at this point, but the way I find it's most effective is like we work for about a couple of months, like three months or so. Mm -hmm. We unpack like what's at the front. Usually then people are starting to go to other stuff, like do some coaching, some constellation, some energy work, whatever. After a couple of months, one year, it's a bit, again, something else came up or it's bottled up and they need to unpack that further and they come again for a couple of months or like you know a couple of sessions mm -hmm. and as you said we do need constant support 
Yep. There's like, only if you look at the present, don't even talk about what happened to us in the past. There's so much coming at us that we do need support to process. Mm -hmm. So I do find that's okay to say that we need constant support. But I do yeah, find 100%. that you need to come at it from different perspectives. And therapy is great. And it's amazing at unpacking trauma and getting awareness. But it's not like the only thing. Mm -hmm. And it's not such a... I don't know the jewel of like mental health mm -hmm. and I find no, that's yeah, the way it's a bit uh, a bit presented yeah uh, yeah because I know for sure as far as the, my coaching I, I let them know like hey if you don't learn how to unpack your past properly mm -hmm. no matter how much you try to bury it because that's what a lot of entrepreneurs want to do right mm -hmm. they're always running away from something and I experienced that for myself, but also from people that I look up to, the coaches that I looked up to, they were running away from something. They experienced something so traumatic in their past, right? Mm -hmm. And they kind of mentally set in mind that I never want to experience that again. Yeah. But they don't really, they, they picture that being accomplished externally. Mm -hmm. So if they grow up poor with poor parents or anything like that, like, okay, I never want to be poor again. So I'm going to be rich. So they're yeah. rich. However, that only covers the external. Never Externally, they're not experiencing them. that life that mm -hmm. they had in the past, right? However, they still have the emotional and mental wounding from that past. Mm -hmm. So that's why people who, what, what I see often is people who achieve success, they have the money, they have the car, they have the, the woman or whatever and, mm -hmm. and the house, but they feel empty mm -hmm. and they feel and anxious and depressed. And exactly, and they're still dealing yeah. with addictions. And to me, it's like, okay, well, I don't want that either. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't want to be lonely and, and financially successful. So what is the thing that is really going to help me achieve that, but actually enjoy it and be fulfilled and mm -hmm. not be depressed in a big house? I mean, to me, it was it was learning how to address your, your, your trauma, right? Address your trauma properly, have that emotional regulation so that mm -hmm. it doesn't stop you and have the tools to move forward or learn how to move through certain things that will happen in life. Because if it's just running the whole time and you're just running away and you're working, 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 mm -hmm. all you're doing is masking and burying instead of dealing with it with a thing. And mm -hmm. I always attribute it to cutting weeds. Yeah. So if you just use a weed eater, next time it rains or next time they water your trees, because the the seed is still there, the root is still there, they're gonna come back up. Right. Mm -hmm. It's until you you basically pull the weed out of root and all where it will stop. Not only mm -hmm. that, but plant something better, plant a good yeah, seed, exactly. plant flowers, mm -hmm. plant whatever it is, something positive. Right. So that another weed, another seed of weed doesn't come and take its place again. Yeah. So that's how I kind of picture it, right? And mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, going back to the therapy, therapy is kind of like being that the the weed eater and 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 yeah with and, therapy you just pull roots for your whole life <laughs> uh -huh. it just but not stop feeling at some the, point. yeah not feeling the hole with something better that's the thing yeah. not really feeling it and also just mm. there needs to be a point where it's just enough mm -hmm. in my opinion so you won't be able to heal everything and to pull all those roots it's just impossible mm -hmm. And so at some point do we say, okay, that's enough. Now I just want to build a life, you know, just go to, 
I want to thrive. I want to build something different. It's like unpacking, unpacking, understanding, understanding. But at some point, you just kind of have to learn also the tools how to build differently and not only the tools. This just came to me and I think it's perfect. It's like in therapy, you learn how to not react to triggers or how to react in a healthy way to triggers. Mm -hmm. But it's like always the focus is on the past. Okay, mm -hmm. this trigger in my relationship, because we are both working with relationships. So I guess you know what I'm talking about. In relationships, oh, yeah. <laughs> I find in romantic relationships, all our trauma is like triggered in the mm -hmm. most <laughs> beautiful way, because that's just what relationships do. I think with everything else, as you said, with business, with entrepreneurship, you can sort of just hide that or just bury it under a lot of work or money or whatever. But in your romantic relationship, there's not really an escape anymore <laughs> you're going to get triggered your trauma mm -hmm. is going to come up we've been traumatized in relationships and that's where it it comes up there's nothing no way to go around it but with psychotherapy you just learn of understanding first of all the triggers understanding what's happening and how to react in a healthy way to those triggers mm -hmm. okay maybe not yell at my partner not shut down not i don't know you learn how to manage those triggers, which is amazing because they're going to come up and you need healthy ways to react to them. However, <laughs> what's missing is, okay, and now what? Now that I've learned exactly the so that. So mm -hmm. that what? So that I built the relationship and the life that's like feels amazing for me. Yep. And that's missing in my opinion in therapy. It's like we learn how to manage our trauma but we don't look at what we want to create and how to create it. Yeah. And, and, and speaking about triggers and this is not through any, like this is, I kind of came up with it per se, cause I didn't read it through a book or a podcast or anything like that, or, and I have no scientific data to back it up. It was mm. just pure experience, right? To me, there's two triggers. There's traumatic triggers and then there's mm -hmm. nostalgic triggers. At least that's the way that I call them. Okay. And what I mean by that is, of course, the traumatic triggers, we all know it's your your wife yelling at you, reminding you of when your mom yelled at you and you didn't feel mm -hmm. loved and stuff like that. Nostalgic triggers are things that trigger that happiness that you felt as a kid. Mm -hmm. It's a certain smell. Your It's your, your mom cooking your favorite meal. It takes you back to that moment. I don't mm -hmm. know. That longing. Exactly. Basically. Have you seen the movie Ratatouille? a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> well to kind of remind you uh there's there's of course there's this i don't even know what to call them like food inspector i don't think it was a food judge or restaurant mm. something judge right um he, he's very mean and he's very like aggressive he's very stoic he doesn't show emotion and towards the end of the movie they make his favorite meal mm -hmm. and when he tasted like he tasted that food coming from someone who he didn't know and he was looking to judge them over their their expertise of making that dish and the scene goes into his childhood when his mom made that dish and mm -hmm. he felt loved and he felt cared for yeah so to me it's kind of like you both you have triggers but they don't have to necessarily be all negative you have mm -hmm. yes traumatic triggers that you do need to address so that they don't hold you back but within that same past mindset you have the happiness you know how to be happy you know what makes you happy mm -hmm. it could be a dish it could be a place it could be a person it could be something but it's there okay. and 
you don't necessarily have to focus all on the past. You can also mm -hmm. like, hey, here's happiness. Let's pull on that thread. What made you happy? Like, mm -hmm. oh, when this happened to me, a song, a movie, things like that, right? That's interesting that you say that because from my experience, like as a therapist, always focused on like the bad things or like the trauma. I did have the experience that pe people don't usually know what mm. makes them happy. So it was always like, the focus on this is making me unhappy. I don't like this. I don't like, or like whatever my partner does annoys me, whatever. I don't have all those needs that are not met. Okay. But what do you need to be happy? Either I don't know, or stuff that just like pretty much social programming or picked up from God knows where. Mm -hmm. But if they get that, it's like, oh, I'm still not happy. I'm still not fulfilled. Okay. But what <laughs> do you want? Oh, I don't know at some point, you know? So I did have sort of the experience that people don't really know what they what they need, not until they actually receive it. Mm -hmm. And they are they manage or they have the enough awareness or capacity to recognize that that's what actually makes them fulfilled. Because mm -hmm. oftentimes we get it, but we're just so closed off to it that we're just no. <laughs> because whatever we believe that that says about us if that yeah. actually felt right for example i don't know spending time alone oh my god if that felt good that means i don't love my partner so that can't be right <laughs> or i don't know stuff like that so that's why for example how i approached this was i started studying a lot like astrology human design mm -hmm. stuff like that where you get like an insight a bit on how this person functions Mm -hmm. And what it is that they need, because that was something that I struggled a lot with. Uh, that's how I came to focus on relationships so much, because in my current relationship, we at the beginning, we spent like the whole time together. It was like mm -hmm. literally every single second together, except I think when we were at work. And then at some point it was like, just, he started to just pull back a bit and was like, okay, I need some time alone. I want to spend mm. time at my place, you know, just, he needed some space. It was the end of the world. <laughs> Let's put it that way for me. <laughs> All my abandonment trauma and everything just got triggered so much. And well, we managed through that. Uh, however, then I started to recognize that, oh, this actually feels good to, to be alone, to spend mm. some time alone, to have my alone time, to just do my own stuff. And then I show up differently in my relationship. But again, that's not correct for everybody. Some mm. people want to spend more time together. So then it was like this question when I also could notice it in my clients, some of them, you know, what's actually correct for them? Where am I leading them to as a therapist? Is the fact that they want to be with that person all the time or spend a lot of time together, it, is that coming from trauma as it was in mm -hmm. my case? Or is that an actual thing that's correct for them? And so I started like researching a lot of those stuff, which gives you a bit of an insight into yourself. And I recognized myself a lot. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, <laughs> I actually am someone who, who likes or who needs some alone time more than maybe other people. And yeah. I started to recognize that with my clients and it gave me a sort of, because that's why I see it so much with like the airport metaphor. It let mm -hmm. gave me a bit of a destination. At least <laughs> I know I like it in places where it's warm 
don't send me someplace where it's cold but there are other people who like it in mountains in alaska in the middle of nowhere where it's cold it's okay but that's not me mm-hmm. so like to just get a bit of an idea of what's correct for the person because in my experience people don't know and i didn't know i could have sworn that no i'm someone who needs to be like 99 with my partner every time if we can be like <laughs> together <laughs> with handcuffs all the time just <laughs> don't go that would have been me and it turns out that was so not correct and so not what i needed but my trauma mm. was just so true in that moment and no therapist could, could have said to me if that's correct or not because to be yeah. honest you don't know as a therapist you can't know yeah and and i also have that awareness of myself but also of my mm. clients like hey yes you want to do these positive things you just need to make sure they're not coming that the root cause exactly. of them is not something that is traumatic mm-hmm. um and going back to successful people right they do such they build big companies but they still feel dead and empty inside because mm-hmm. the what's driving them was something traumatic so it's positive behavior per se but the root cause is negative so kind of like going back to the weed right my little girls we go out on walks we know it's weeds but to them like oh look it's a little flower yeah it's it's so cute it's so beautiful i want to take it home but we know it's weeds like no that's a weed like leave it alone so kind of in that sense like having something beautiful but there's thorns the root cut the the root of it is is Mm -hmm. weeds is it's deadly to the environment per se like you mentioned it's 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 also being aware of maybe some positive behaviors that you have but mm-hmm. uh, knowing that the root cause might not be so positive. <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> the thing is, even as that. a therapist, even if people maybe think that we have like a magic, I don't know, glasses and we see if that's healthy or not, the truth is you don't really know. Is that person needing alone time because it's a trauma response? They just like are pulling away from society and they are just shutting down? Or is it a healthy like behavior at this moment? They just need some space. They just need to reconnect with themselves. You're asking the person, how do you feel? They're going to give you an answer. They have no idea. <laughs> That's why they're coming at you because they're confused. Yeah. Like, I but don't know you don't have the clarity as a therapist and neither as a coach. Yeah. You can't know. But that's the thing also I find with, or again, that was my experience because that's why I ended up like researching astrology and stuff like that because as I felt so misunderstood in a way as a client mm-hmm. because I do have some behavioral patterns that aren't like what a therapist would deem necessarily as like the most healthy. I, I had mm. the experience where people were like, oh no, just that's just a trauma reaction. That's a trauma response. You need to work on that. I was like, but I don't, you know, it feels good for me. When I, for example, spending a long time, because that was like, for example, an issue. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, but you're pulling away. You're actually avoiding you're not engaging you're not i don't know what you know all the listings of trauma responses that you could imagine because yeah i i can agree maybe at some you know sometimes it can look a bit like oh why doesn't she want to spend okay what what why does she want to spend the weekend maybe Hmm. just on her own reading studying i don't know And as a therapist, the first thing you think of, it's like, it must be a trauma response. Like normal Mm. humans, (laughs) healthy humans want to go out, want to socialize. We do live in a society, or at least here, where 
right? Like um, extroverted behavior is seen a bit more healthy than introverted if you're introverted it's like a bit of there's something wrong with you <laughs> it's a trauma response you know yeah and a lot of stuff like that where i felt like but this feels right for me but i was being told or i was being guided into like no you have to work on that mm -hmm. and then i saw that i was doing the same thing with my clients like i was starting to observe my my perspective and yes i did have like a specific thing that i was filtering their behavior through like this mm. is healthy this is not they should work on this they shouldn't and the truth is i had no idea mm -hmm. that's why again like the blind leading the blind i'm leading you to some place i've learned or i've been thought or like society thinks it's healthy but if that really is healthy for you or not to be honest yeah you and don't it's, really it's... know there, it's not so black and white, mm -hmm. right? Because personally talking here on my end, a lot of people start take, at least here from what I've seen, a lot of people, when they start taking care of themselves is actually through fitness. Mm. And that's how I started mine too. Yeah. Uh, even, even before I learned about trauma and everything, I started like, okay, well, I don't like myself physically and I don't like myself mentally. So all I know at the time is read more books, listen to mm -hmm. podcasts and, and attend events. And be fit. <laughs> and a lot of my clients do that too. However, one thing that I found based on my past experience, when I went to the gym and I was into bodybuilding, mm -hmm. that was one of the worst times that I was in mentally because I was okay. still easily triggered. My, my wife and I, girlfriend at the time, we were fighting constantly. I would cry on the, on the way home from her house. A lot of the times my steering wheel, and I make a joke about this, but my steering wheel didn't work because I would mm. punch it so much <laughs> okay. of how angry I was. Um, yeah. So to me, that proved to me like, okay, well, externally, again, successful per se, I'm fit, that people tell me like, oh yeah, you you have a very strong, you're disciplined, you have a strong mindset, mm -hmm. all these things, you must be so happy and proud of yourself. Yeah. And internally, I was like, no, <laughs> yes, I'm fit, but my relationship is in turmoil. Um, mm -hmm. I have no direction of where I want to go with this. I'm just fit with no direction. So it's 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 it was a good behavior, right? I was healthy per se mm -hmm. and all those things. But the root of it was I want to run away from my insecurities. I want to run away from my traumas. That is why mm -hmm. I go to the gym to escape per se, which I'm 100% not against, right? What I'm against is use doing that as a solution to deal with your traumas because mm -hmm. it's not. It's go to the gym, but deal with your trauma. Find mm -hmm. a space to deal with it because you're not going to be going to the gym the rest of your life. <laughs> I mean, some people do, right? There's old, old, old elder seniors mm -hmm. who do go to the gym, but not everybody does. You see more young people than you do seniors at gym. So it's one of those things where mentally you need to know where, like, notice the good behaviors, but make sure that they're not coming from trauma. Mm-hmm. So that it doesn't stop you in the future. Yeah. And also this can be a discussion, like a never ending yeah. discussion, because also in the same context, a bit of an unhealthy behavior is still healthy. I mean, you can't, because that's also something that I've seen clients come to me after they've been in therapy, where it's like, they already had this awareness that they're doing, let's say, going to the gym from an unhealthy space. Mm -hmm. They've unpacked that in therapy. 
and now there i can't go to the gym anymore and it's like no it's okay <laughs> even if it's from coming from an unhealthy space just go to the gym while we unpack mm -hmm. even if it remains like after we unpack you still go 10 percent out of the reasons out of an unhealthy space it's okay like you know it's like this this is healthy this is unhealthy if it's unhealthy it's not okay uh, this is coming from trauma again we all have trauma we will all have trauma all our lives mm -hmm. there are going to be stuff that we are going to do out of an unhealthy space it's not the end of the world how what do you want to build is the life that you're building now is it okay you know exactly in your case let's say i don't know if you're still going to the gym or not <laughs> but maybe like two percent of the reason why you're still going to the gym is still coming from that place yeah 100 percent. who cares at the end of the day did you mm -hmm. build a life that makes you happy are you okay now you know that's what matters are we going to you know please come to therapy like two more years to unpack that two percent <laughs> why you're still going out of an unhealthy space i mean as you yeah. said it's not black and white and there needs to be like also a tolerance for how much is healthy how much is not healthy because again someone can stay like until the end of life in therapies trying to be like 100 healthy and that's why i was attracted to the coaching space where it's more like does it really matter as long as you're okay at the mm -hmm. moment but you know as we're having this discussion it's obvious that the other way is also not okay because then you can go on the other end where it's like <laughs> just pack it with a pretty ribbon and it's all fine <laughs> yeah and, yeah uh, there needs to be a middle ground between effectiveness in a way and what you want to achieve and results and healing and unpacking yeah 100%. whatever of those it's too much it's not i don't think it's the best of stuff the so way much. that it came to in my head was if 100 percent of the reason why you do something right a positive mm -hmm. behavior is because of a negative trauma then that's bad right because mm -hmm. then it's gonna bleed into other areas or that trauma is gonna bleed into other areas in your life but if we can reduce that to 20 percent of the reason that's fine because exactly. now 80 mm percent -hmm. is replaced with something positive you're going because you love yourself you're going because you want to take care mm -hmm. of yourself you want to be healthy you want to be there for your grandkids you want to live a long life whatever it may be if that's 80 mm -hmm. percent of the reason fine if 20 percent of the reason is insecurity trauma whatever mm -hmm. as long as the 20 percent is not stopping you perfect awesome focus on the positive again exactly because um, yeah. that's what i tell my 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 clients is like hey i still have moments of depression i still mm -hmm. have moments of being an anxious i still have temptation to go back to pornography however i have the tools to move away from that mm -hmm. now. i have the tools to move past it where i'm not stuck in those states anymore so i like i tell them like like look to your past you're never going to get rid of it it's always going to be there yeah but you don't you don't necessarily have to allow it to stop you acknowledge it address it love it for what it is don't let it stop you and pull the positives from it so that they can continue to help you move forward mm -hmm. and that's the way i see it right you're never gonna like you mentioned healing is a it's a lifelong journey you're never gonna be 100 percent healed because even if technically you're 100 percent healed from your past Tomorrow you can have a car accident and that can be traumatic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's it's not so much about healing and being fully healed. It's about learning how to heal over time, progressively. Mm -hmm. It's it's an ongoing journey, right? It's continuous. It's never ending. 
Mm-hmm. Um, if you stop watering a tree, it's going to die someday. So you, again, you need to water it constantly per se. Exactly. And also allowing stuff to be easier, mm-hmm. I find. Because that's also something from therapy, right? That everything is such a process and such a healing process and it takes time and it's hard and it's going to unpack everything. And some of it is, but some of it, it's not. Mm-hmm. Some of it can just be changed like that. You have one session, mm-hmm. you have a shift of perspective and it's changed and it doesn't have to be such a grueling process. Yeah, and... it doesn't have to take years. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also other stuff like coming from the coaching perspective, you can just change like that. Yeah. You need to sit with that more and you need to unpack it more. So yeah, again, that beautiful middle ground that I hope more and more people with will come to. Mm. awesome well i do know that this is going to be a very valuable conversation for both of our audiences because they have both perspectives now right like they what professionals can i seek help from right is it a a coach or is it a therapist or is it maybe both and i think this is going to help them find that direction or those answers per se but i do want to thank you cinziana for joining me here in this conversation being open so much to have Mm. this conversation because i know Back then, it would have been like, no, you're a coach. (laughs) And same here, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because again, it was very much, we were polar opposites per se, but now we're finding like, hey, maybe you do have something that Mm -hmm. can help me and I have something that can help you and vice versa. So I appreciate you taking the time to meet with me and and record this podcast. And I just hope that this is valuable for both of our audiences, that someone takes something away from this and they find the answers that they need. Mm-hmm. thank you so much for the invitation and again for the openness to, to talk about everything and i'm sure this this will be helpful of course let us know where people can find you mm-hmm. so at the moment i'm on instagram mm-hmm. i am Cinziana, and there is where you can find me you have my link in my bio you can book sessions and have calls and see what i'm up to Perfect. Awesome. Well, that's it for this episode, guys. I hope that you guys enjoyed it and you got so much out of it. I know I did because on my end, I've never spoken to a therapist, not only as to like, as a client, but (laughs) (laughs) speaking about the profession, right? And it's a refreshing Mm. conversation that at least personally for me, I haven't seen online just yet, but I hope that this is the the first one, if if, if it is the first one of many more necessary conversations that I think both of our industries need Mm. to help each other and to help the people who need the help as well. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much. Of course. We'll, we'll talk to you guys later.